the whole point of me doing these trust versus fear podcast episodes is for people who, like me, desire a life not living in fear. I hear people say it all the time, like especially in this pandemic time. You know, like, I don't want to live my life in fear. Yet, when you are very self-aware and when you are actually present with your mind and with your choices and your actions minute by minute and hour by hour, day by day, most of what we do is done by fear and we don't even know it. And so I'm recording this for people who desire a life like me not living in fear and so if if you don't want to live in fear you have to start looking and being radically honest with what you really are living in fear about and it's it's pretty sneaky to be honest with you but to recap in case people did not listen to the past two episodes where this constant theme of fear versus trust this is what I talk about. The, f- the first episode was about marriage and parenting. The second episode was about dating. And now this third episode is going to be about pregnancy, miscarriage, childbirth. That whole life event that fear is so insanely heightened. But first, the recap is basically we always have a choice between trust and fear. And what that kind of means is that we have a human mind, we have a human ego that is always in fear. It is always worrying. It is always trying to future project possible fearful scenarios that we should be worried about. If you watch your mind, it is thinking worst case scenario, moment by moment, all the time. That's what the ego does. That's, it was created to try to keep us safe and that's its function. But it's out of line almost all of the time because it's constant. It doesn't shut up. It just keeps going and going and going and going and going. And I don't think we should have the expectation that you know, through spirituality or whatever route you want to take, I don't think it is realistic to believe that you will arrive at some end destination where you no longer fear anything or your ego or your mind will no longer stream worries anymore. I don't think that's possible. And maybe that's pessimism, but I don't think so. I like working with honest reality and our ego, our human mind, it was created to worry and fear to keep us safe. So we cannot actually stop the fear that pops up but we have control over what we do with the fear when it pops up in our mind we can't necessarily control the thoughts that arise in our mind but we can control what we do with the fears and the worries that come up that's where our control is so my goal is that when you have fearful worries and thoughts that arise in your body that you can remain neutral about it. But in order to remain neutral about it, you have to be able to get to a level of self-awareness where you are watching your fear play out in your mind and you are observing it and you are witnessing it in the moment that it's happening. That's presence, that's self-awareness. 
And eventually, everyone can get to that point if they want to. So my purpose in talking about this is so that we can become present with our fears and we just watch it and we we remain neutral about it. We just say, hey, what's up? Yep, ego, you're doing your job. You're doing a job well done too. And then it just goes away until the next fear comes up. But I hope that we can get to a point where we don't need to become emotional about the worries in our mind. When we become emotional about our fear thoughts, we attach to them and then we absorb our entire energy into, into fear. And then we, then we act from the worries in our mind. Then we act from this fearful place. But we don't have to. If you are unaware, you will probably live and think and act and speak from your 100% human ego, from fear, from worry. And I'm not saying that's bad. I'm saying that's what's very common because if you're not aware, you don't even know that you're living from fear or making decisions from fear. But once you shine the light, once you turn on the light, you cannot unsee what you see. So once you are able to watch all the fear that happens in your mind on a daily basis, you then have the awareness to watch it happen in real time. And eventually, you can stop attaching to the fear, stop becoming absorbed in it, You don't need to ruin your whole day from these fearful thoughts anymore. That's what can happen. And that's that's my whole goal. Is that once you become aware of your worries and your thoughts, your fearful thoughts in the moment, you can remain neutral and you can remain unattached and just appreciate your ego for doing its job. And it does its job so well. But all of the worries and all of the fears that it concocts and creates, it, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean any, anything. And, and if you attach to it, it, it holds power over you. And then that's how you lose your power. You become powerless to your mind. You become a slave to your mind. If you want to be a slave to your mind, go ahead. I don't though. I want to live from my soul. We have our soul and we have an ego within our body. Our soul is our divinity. Our soul is God speaking to us. Our soul is love, joy, peace, truth, trust. Our ego is our humanness. And we have a, this like angel and this devil in our body at all times. We have this voice of love and we have this voice of truth and trust but then we also have this voice that is so afraid of everything and it it thinks the worst case scenario of everything all the time and it's constant and that's okay it is what it is but where you have control and where you have power is choosing whether you want to live from your soul from your divinity rooted in trust rooted in love, in peace, in joy? Or do you want to make decisions 
from your humanness, your fearful ego. How do you want to live? This is our power. This is our free will. This is our choice. I know how I want to live. I know how I want to live because I know what I believe. I believe everything works out for my highest good. I believe the universe fully has my back. God is always working for me, for my growth, for my benefit, for my healing. That's what I believe. So thank God I woke up to the truth that pregnancy and childbirth is in our society in the United States. This is my experience in the United States, so I can only speak to the United States. It is Childbirth and pregnancy is rooted in so much fear. Everything that is done in pregnancy and childbirth in Western medicine is rooted in fear. Our pregnancy genetic tests done out of fear or trust. Have you ever thought about if you signed up for this genetic testing that they test all of these potential you know, bad things that your child could have, what would you do with the information? Are you going to abort your baby? Why do you need to know if they have Down syndrome if you will not abort your baby? Is doing all of these genetic tests rooted in trust or fear? Are ultrasounds done out of trust or fear? I personally believe all testing, all ultrasounds are done out of fear because it's the ego needing to know information to feel safe. So the biggest fears in pregnancy and childbirth, obviously, are you dying or your baby dying or something being wrong with your baby. Basically, your baby not being 100% perfect or 100% healthy. That's obviously the very blatant fears of pregnancy and childbirth. So therefore, the need of the ego, the ego needs to feel safety and reassurance constantly in pregnancy to feel safe. It needs constant reassurance, constant reassurance to calm its fears. So it uses things like ultrasounds to get the reassurance of safety to calm your greatest fear. But all an ultrasound can actually do is show you that your baby, you know, if your baby, you know, looks fine in the ultrasound, if the ultrasound technician, you know, is 100% perfect and they didn't miss anything, all an ultrasound can really do is show you that your baby is alive in that specific moment that the ultrasound is happening. Because the minute you leave that office, anything can happen to your baby. And that feels so insanely unsafe for your ego. So your ego needs an ultrasound or this genetic testing to try to feel safe and to be reassured so that your, your ultimate fear doesn't happen. 
but this is what happens with ultrasounds and this is what people don't think of and they don't fully understand what they're getting themselves into when you just, you know, take this innocent ultrasound. What you sign up for is you sign up for the potential of false diagnosis and it happens all the time. You can go to your 20-week ultrasound appointment And the ultrasound tech could say, oh, your placenta is blocking your cervix, which is placenta previa. So it looks like you're going to need a C-section, which is not true. It's something like 90% of placenta previas at 20 weeks clear up by the time labor begins. There is science on this that says... Almost all placenta previas at the 20-week appointment, the placenta grows as the baby grows and the placenta moves away from the cervix. So the placenta previa naturally moves and changes and heals by the time labor begins. This is what happens. But when you sign up and you want to go get an ultrasound, to get your little dose of safety and reassurance that your baby is okay, you are also signing up. You're paying someone to find something, anything potentially wrong with your baby. You're paying someone to be nervous for you. You're paying someone to f- who is trained to find anything potentially wrong with your baby. That is what you are doing when you are paying them for an ultrasound. So if they are trained to find anything potentially wrong with your baby or your pregnancy or your body, they will find something wrong. And this placenta previa is a very, 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 very common diagnosis at 20 weeks, which is a false diagnosis, which means literally nothing. And what, what does that do then to a pregnant woman? Freaks her out. She then is consumed with fear, consumed with worry, She has no control and it's all for nothing because she can't control her placenta. She can't control her baby. So what is the point in knowing that information? Now she is going to be steeped in fear and worry for nothing because she cannot do anything anyways. She has no control. And that goes for every diagnosis a pregnant woman gets. If you cannot do anything about the diagnosis, what is the point in learning about it? You then spend your pregnancy in insane stress, fear, and worry. That is so hor- that is detrimental to the baby and to yourself. That ruins your entire experience of pregnancy. So when you sign up for ultrasounds or genetic testing, you're doing it because your ego you know, really needs to know this information. Your ego does not want to sit in the unknown. It does not want to sit in the uncomfortableness of the unknown. It would rather have this little nugget of safety, of reassurance, even if it's not even true. Because if your baby did turn out fine at an ultrasound appointment, the minute you leave the appointment, anything can happen. The ultrasound just gives you this illusion of safety that your baby is perfect and safe when, 
you know, nothing is guaranteed in life. That's just the reality of life. We are not guaranteed anything. We are not guaranteed safety. We are not guaranteed a long, happy, healthy life. We can die at any moment. We are not guaranteed a baby. They can die at any moment. And this is, this is uncomfortable truth. And I'm not trying to scare you. But when we can face the truth that we are guaranteed nothing, in my experience, it actually alleviates fear. So every appointment that you have during a pregnancy, you are paying someone who is trained to find everything wrong with your body and everything wrong with your baby. That is rooted in fear. Doctors are trained to find the worst case scenario and prepare for it. So if you sign up to be a part of the system, the Western medicine birth system, you will be absorbed in fear. That is the root of everything they do. They treat every aspect of a pregnancy and birth like it is a medical event because they are medical professionals. When in reality, it's nature. It's 100% nature. Imagine doctors going out into nature and performing medical procedures on nature itself. That, that to me, basically, that is what medical professionals are doing to pregnant women and during childbirth. Childbirth is not a medical event. It is 100% nature and it is designed in perfection by nature. There's a purpose to everything. So what would pregnancy or childbirth look like if you fully, fully surrendered to God? Fully, fully, fully. What would it look like if you trusted that your baby knew exactly how to grow in your womb, that your baby knew that your baby knows exactly how to start labor, that your baby knows exactly how to exit your body. What would it look like if you fully trust the primalness of your own body? That it that it already knew how to get pregnant, that it already knew how to grow your baby without you doing anything. You didn't tell the fingernails to grow. You didn't tell the eyelashes to be placed where they're placed. You fully surrendered and let your body grow your baby. What could it look like if you fully surrendered and trusted your body to get your baby out of its body? It knew how to grow. How did it know? Nature. This supreme, beautiful wisdom that we don't have control over creates these miracles. It knows how to birth a baby. So most people in this society choose to give birth in a hospital because of the fear of what could happen. That decision for most people is always rooted in fear. The fear of what if, the fear of what could happen. 
So what would the decision of childbirth look like if you fully trusted your baby, your body, and the universe? So this is an example of how Western medicine sabotages birth because they have this fear mindset about an umbilical cord around the baby's neck. Okay, if you're in the hospital and your baby has the cord around their neck, they treat it as an emergency. Like it is a bad thing. And a lot of times they will rush you to a C-section for the cord around the baby's neck. This is absolutely bonkers to me because the umbilical cord purposely wraps itself around the baby many times. Like 30% of babies, supposedly, one out of three babies is born with a cord around their neck. It is common because it is designed by nature. Nature wants the cord wrapped around the baby or neck many times to prevent the cord from birthing through the vagina before the baby. That's called cord prolapse, and that could be an actual dangerous situation. So instead, your baby and your body and the umbilical cord are so insanely wise that it wraps itself around the baby to prevent cord prolapse from happening. So in actuality, the cord around the baby's neck is a beautiful, amazing sign that nature knows exactly what to do to prevent a dangerous situation from happening. But because Western medicine birth is so rooted in fear, they perceive a cord around the neck as bad and as dangerous, and they treat it as an emergency and as a, re- and a, and a reason for C-section. That is sabotaging a birth because a quarter on the neck in absolutely most cases is not dangerous. But because they are trained to see the absolute worst case scenario in everything and because they do not trust nature, they do not trust your your baby, they do not trust your body, they take it into their own hands and they cut you open and sabotage your birth instead. That's just one example of the shitstorm that happens during a hospital birth. And if I explained every single thing, this podcast episode would be five hours long. So I'm going to quickly say a few more other examples that are rooted in fear. The simple fact of induction. Inducing because you don't trust that your baby knows exactly exactly what to do and exactly when it is ready to transition worlds so a membrane sweep would be in the same exact boat it's doing something to your body to get it to go into labor because they don't trust that your body knows how to go into labor on its own same with breaking waters some people Their waters never break during their birth. So their baby is born in the sack. So sometimes your water doesn't even need to break. So if they reach their hand into your vagina and break your waters, that's not trusting that your waters know exactly what to do, whether to break or to not. 
or simple cervical checks is not rooted in trust because it's the need to constantly assess which stage your body is at so that either your ego needs to know what's happening and then it needs to know, oh, then the baby, if I'm six centimeters, then maybe the baby will be born within five hours. Birth doesn't happen like that. And our bodies aren't machines. There is no perfect linear sequence that every body and every baby during birth follows. There is, there is no perfect sequence because we are not machines. Our bodies are unique. Our babies are unique. So every single birth is different. You can dilate from 1 to 10 in 45 minutes. Or you can dilate from 1 to 10 in 3 days. There is no linear perfect path. So anytime a nurse wants to check your cervix, they are doing it to gauge the timing of birth and, tr- and, and it will be used to rush you. So, oh, mm, you're only five centimeters. If you don't progress, you know, we will have to give you Pitocin and then we will. And then if that doesn't progress, we will have to give you C-section. Cervical checks are used to rush the birth process. They are not rooted in trust that your cervix will open in the timing it wants to open. Your cervix is intelligent. It knows how to close down when it feels fear. It knows when to close down when the doctor is telling you fearful things. Your cervix is a sphincter muscle, so it opens with surrender and trust and privacy, and it closes in fear. It closes when it doesn't send safety and privacy, just like when you're pooping, just like when you're peeing. The cervix, the vagina is the same situation. If you cannot poop in front of 20 people, your body also doesn't want to birth in front of 20 people. Your cervix is so intelligent. It knows when to open. It knows when to close. So getting cervical checks, it's usually used to rush you and to say, oh, this is going wrong or your body's broken and it's not dilating the way it's supposed to. No. It's doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing. And the last example I'll talk about is this, the Hep B vaccine that they want to give your baby the day your baby is born. And the Hep B vaccine was created for babies of prostitute moms and needle drug using moms. This was why it was created. And at some point along the way, they stopped using it selectively and started doing it to 100% of babies. Even if the mother tests negative for hepatitis B in pregnancy, it makes no sense. If they test you for hep B and you are negative, why does your baby get the vaccine? Especially if you're a monogamous, in a monogamous relationship and you don't take drugs through a needle. But they give the vaccine to 100% of babies 
for the fear of the one baby that might slip through the cracks and actually have happy. I do want you to notice if learning this information that you feel like a peacefulness within your body because for me when I learn like the the true truth of how nature designed birth knowledge gives me power and then all the fear that I have unintentionally soaked in from our society that is terrified of birth my fears slowly release the more that I learn this is how I think knowledge is power the more I learn the more fears literally just fall away but next I want to talk about how sometimes we might be in fear say we're trying to get pregnant and it takes a few months and you get really afraid that you might never get pregnant That's a pretty common story for a lot of people. Even if it just takes a few months to get pregnant, there are these months where you are consumed in fear of like, why is it not happening? What if it never happens? So a lot of times you might get a fear of never, what if I never get pregnant? But what people fail to realize is that they want a positive pregnancy test so that their anxiety about not getting pregnant goes away. But these big fears are just transferred to your pregnancy if you don't deal with them or if you're not aware of them. So say you had a lot of fear of what if I never get pregnant and you worried and you worried and you worried about that. Well, then you do get pregnant. Your fear then transfers to your pregnancy and you are constantly in fear of losing the baby. This is what happens in the last episode about dating. You know, you might be looking for your your romantic partner for years and you are so afraid. Like, what if I never find my partner? And you are afraid and you're worried about never finding your partner. And then once you do find them, the fear transfers to I cannot lose my partner. Then we get so afraid of losing the love that we found. These are super common scenarios. Our fears just keep transferring to the, to the next phase in life. But we think when the next phase arrives, we will be less anxious and we will be happier. That's like the trick of the ego. Is, it, is, is in the waiting phase, it says, when I get pregnant, this will all go away. When I get pregnant, I will be happier. I'll have less anxiety. When I find my partner, I will be happy. I will have less anxiety. All this negativity will will wash away and I'll be so happy and I will be so in love. That's not what happens because we have an ego. It will always be afraid, but it's how we handle those fears. It's what we do with them. So one of the hardest situations that women deal with is after the experience of miscarriage and I have never experienced a miscarriage but I have listened to enough women to understand or try to understand and empathize how the ego gets so shaken awake after a miscarriage so if you have a pregnancy before a miscarriage they kind of talk about how it's kind of like this ignorant bliss and then once and once a miscarriage happens 
you are forever imprinted of what can go so wrong and what is ultimately your worst case scenario happening. So then the pregnancy following the miscarriage is so consumed in fear. Fear is so present every minute, every day. I listened to a birth story recently and she talked about how the pregnancy after a miscarriage, every single time she went to the bathroom and wiped, she was so afraid of seeing blood. And then after the first trimester passed, And that fear of blood, of miscarriage kind of alleviated. Then her fear transferred to my baby doesn't move as much as my last pregnancy. So her fear transferred from blood to the baby's movements. And she kept comparing. She kept thinking my baby's not moving enough. My baby doesn't move, move as much as my last baby. Something's wrong. Because the ego is going to find anything, anything to be afraid of and to be in fear. But this birth story was so amazing because almost all the birth stories on the Free Birth Society podcast are women who usually have a wild pregnancy, which means they don't have hardly any ultrasounds or they don't see any doctors during their entire pregnancy because they are so surrendered in full trust. They trust their baby, they trust their body. And then they birth at home unassisted because again, they fully are in trust over the birth process, over their baby, over their body. These are women that have done the work. I'm telling you, these birth stories are next level. So this woman, So if you are going to have a wild pregnancy or birth unassisted, you are at a level of self-awareness that is different than most people because you are willing to face your fears and you talk to yourself through them because you recognize that your ego is always seeking safety. So your ego is always seeking reassurance. Your, Your ego is always seeking the need to know, like, the need to know, it needs reassurance, it needs safety, it needs these nuggets, and it's never enough. So even if you're so consumed with fear and you're like, I just need an ultrasound to know everything's okay, then you get the ultrasound. And then the next day or two, your ego is going to ramp up again because that's what it does. No amount of reassurance is enough for the ego. So these birth stories of these women that are on the Free Birth Society podcast They do the inner work of facing their fears and they know the voice of their ego. And so this particular story, this recent one, where she talked about the fear that consumed her pregnancy after a miscarriage, she's so wise because her ego was was roaring her whole entire pregnancy because she had a miscarriage ready. So at every point it was telling her, this is wrong, this is wrong, oh my God, this can happen, this is wrong. But she asked herself, okay, say my, say my baby's not moving as much as the last baby. What, what, what am I going to do about it? There's nothing I can do. There's no, <laughs> there's nothing to do. 
because pregnancy is the ultimate surrender and childbirth is the ultimate surrender or that's the way it's supposed to be designed. But if you are a slave to your ego, you will be so consumed in fear because your ego is always thinking of the next worst thing that can happen. And it will happen every single day at every phase of a pregnancy and birth. If you are not aware, you will be so clouded with fear. And that's okay because that's your ego doing its job. But to talk to yourself like you are your own parent is to recognize that you are seeking safety and reassurance when that doesn't really even exist. It doesn't. And so you have to just keep coaching yourself and parenting yourself and leaning into your soul because your soul is okay with the unknown. Your soul knows everything is going to happen exactly how it's supposed to happen. So if you can step into your soul, your intuition, it will tell you. It will tell you everything is exactly the way it's supposed to be. It will reassure you. That is the true reassurance is from your soul, from God. Every, every other external reassurance like a medical test or an ultrasound, is just going to last for a little bit. It's just going to reassure your ego until the next fear shows up. But when you can gain the reassurance and the trust of your soul, that is deep. And that lasts longer. And you just have to keep tapping into your soul, tap back into your soul, tap back into your soul, and it's done through presence, through breath, through self-awareness, through dancing, singing, journaling, bathtubs, (laughs) taking a bath in silence. There's all these ways that we can tap into our inner trust, our inner truth, our soul. So ultimately, I personally believe that pregnancy and childbirth was designed to make us face our fears and then lead us into greater trust and surrender into our body, into our baby, into our intuition because this is how trust is formed. If you could lean into your intuition, into your inner voice, into God and trust your body and your baby throughout pregnancy and then fully surrender during childbirth, Imagine what going into parenthood then looks like. Then in postpartum, when you have a little baby that you then have to keep alive, your ego is going to roar. You know, if your baby coughs in the middle of the night, your ego is going to say, oh my God, this is wrong. Your ego will always be roaring. But if you practice during pregnancy and childbirth, facing every single fear your ego threw at you and you were able to parent yourself through it and lean into trust in your inner voice into your intuition imagine how your postpartum and your journey in parenthood could then feel 
that you trust your instincts. You trust yourself to parent and know what is best for your baby. You know your body the best more than anyone else. You know your baby more than anyone else. You know your baby more than any doctor in the world will ever because you spend every second with your baby. You spend every second with your body. You are the guru of your baby and of your body. And if you know how to tap into your soul, if you know how to tap into that inner trust, you will always know what to do. There is no wrong and there is no right. Most people then enter parenthood with this rigid set of rules of I need to feed my baby this long and I need to swaddle my baby like this and like not like that and like this and there's all these rules. I need to breastfeed on this side with this boob for this many minutes and my, and my baby needs to feed every three hours. Those are all rigid imaginary rules that, that don't even exist but we believe they exist. And then we are so stuck in right versus wrong and good versus bad. When if you could just tap into your inner voice, your inner intuition, you will know. You will know. You won't need a doctor to tell you anything because they are just trained to find the worst case scenario. They, they are trained to find everything wrong with your baby. And you want advice from them? So if you spend your pregnancy consumed in fear, and then you use genetic testing, you use tests, you use the doctor, you use ultrasounds, every little bit of intervention to give your ego a little rest from its fears. So you're using an ultrasound to calm your fears, you know, throughout your entire pregnancy. And then you use the hospital system and you let them use every single intervention because you are putting all of your trust into them, into these humans that make mistakes and aren't gods and aren't nature. If you go through pregnancy and birth needing that external source to calm all of your fears and you don't trust yourself and you don't trust your body or your baby, that is how parenthood will start in postpartum you will be so afraid that you are doing things wrong and you are messing your baby up and, oh, this is wrong and I'm not doing this right. And then you will need an external authority figure like a doctor to tell you whether you're doing it right or not. But then going to that doctor, they're going to say, oh, your baby, hmm, your baby's not gaining as much weight as they should be. So basically your breasts, your breasts are broken and your, your baby should be gaining more weight. Your baby's broken too. You should supplement with formula. And then you listen to them. Instead of tapping in and asking, does my body need to eat more fat? Does my body need to eat more fruit or protein or what? Or is my, is my milk supply actually perfect? It could be perfect and your baby could just be a dainty baby. I was a dainty baby. There are bigger babies and smaller babies. But they compare babies on a scale. They compare babies to one another. 
Babies aren't machines, just like our bodies weren't machines during birth. We're all different. We're all unique. So if you aren't rooted in your intuition, in your inner voice, in your soul, the doctor will find things wrong because they are trained to find things wrong. They are not trained to find all the things right with your baby and all the beautiful things with your baby. And of course, some bad things happen. And of course, some babies do get sick. Of course. I am, I'm not saying we live in a magical world and there's not a need for doctors sometimes. Of course, there is. I just don't even say that because that's just common sense. Like, of course, there is a scenario once in a while where doctors are very, very much needed. And then you should use them. But that's just common sense. But what's normalized in our society is that we go to these white coat people as authority figures over our bodies and over our babies when it's not needed most of the time. But I truly believe that we are programmed to go to them as authorities so that they can make money. We are programmed to think we need the hospital for a natural event like childbirth because they need to make money. If women started birthing at home or in the middle of the woods because your body was designed to birth completely alone in the woods if it had to, then Western medicine would be losing money. They make money every time they say, hey, you need to see this specialist and you need to get more tests done and you need another round of antibiotics. They make money through all of this. They make money through fear. They don't make money if they trusted childbirth. They don't. And I love to compare it to the pandemic. This is my favorite thing to compare is that if you could see that the pandemic is trying to program us that we need a jab to be healthy, then we need big pharma. Instead, we could trust and support our immune system. Our immune system was specifically built to deal with viruses. That's why it exists. So if we trusted our immune system, big pharma couldn't make money from the jab. They are trying to convince us that our bodies are broken and they don't know what to do and we need their cocktail of chemicals in our arm to be healthy. That same programming happens with childbirth, that our bodies are broken, it doesn't know how to birth, and we need them. We need them to deliver and birth our babies for us. All of it is brain programming so that they make money. If they can convince you that your body is stupid and that nature doesn't know what it's doing, they can make money. Another comparison I love to make with the pandemic, with childbirth, because they're so linked, in my opinion, is with the pandemic, there are people who, if you don't wear a mask, they might yell at you and say, you need to wear a mask. 
because they are afraid that, you know, even if they're wearing a mask, they are afraid of the virus and they are projecting their fear onto you and telling you, you need to act different. You need to do what I say because of my fear. You know, whether it's with a jab or just a mask. I, I see that just with masks. Is they're so afraid that they're telling you to change, to put a mask on because of their fear. They're projecting their fear onto you. When you don't have, you're not afraid. You're fine. You're like, hey, stop tainting me. But that's what happens with home birth. Where there's a woman, say she says, oh yeah, I'm going to you know, have my baby at home. Then you will get the peanut gallery projecting their fear onto this woman. When this woman's like, hey, don't taint taint me. That's your fear. Stop projecting your fear onto me. But we go around and project our own inner shit onto other people. That's why a lot of home birthing moms stay quiet about their plans. Because everyone projects their fear onto them. That's exactly what is happening with the pandemic. So if you don't want people yelling at you for not wearing a mask, stop talking to people about your fear of childbirth when they don't have a fear of childbirth. We just need to stop projecting our own fears and just start facing it to ourselves and within ourselves, self-reflection. We don't need to concern anyone else. Just because you're afraid doesn't mean you need to make everyone else afraid with you. So I know I get super ranty about this topic, but I can't help it. (laughs) It's something I'm so passionate about because everyone, not everyone, but people are like, I don't live my life in fear. And then they get pregnant and they have childbirth and every decision is actually rooted in fear. And I'm not blaming them, but I'm just shining a light on if we are actually honest with how we live our life. If we're actually honest on the decisions we make and the choices we make, most of it is rooted in fear and we don't even know it. And if we don't want to live our life in fear... It's the inner work to start facing this fear. And then our control is what we do with it. Do we react to it? Can we remain neutral about it? When our fear is selling us lies, can we recognize that they are lies and we don't need XYZ tests to just reassure our ego that everything's okay until the next fear arrives? It's easier if we could just get to this place where we can let our fears arise without being consumed by them. That's easier, in my opinion, that's easier than going out into the world and then getting all this external validation to calm our ego when it's only going to last a day. (laughs) It's only going to last a day. The lasting reassurance is when we can tap into the universe, God, our soul, our divinity. Because that is where true truth lies. That is where true peace is. 
is when we can breathe into our divinity and hear our intuition speak, that's life-changing. That's earth-shattering. And once you start hearing it and feeling it and implementing it, the ego validation and the ego's need for reassurances aren't that tantalizing anymore. You stop needing them less because you recognize that they don't even last. If you are someone that is very interested in this topic, I highly suggest the podcast Free Birth Society because it is, you know, story after story. It is just, it is magical. It is women that are so fully rooted in trust and they fully trust their body and their baby and they trust nature. They fully surrender to pregnancy and childbirth and then they are they go through the tunnel of fear and then they are rebirthed as a woman themselves. You literally go through a transition from maiden to true mother. And that's a whole other podcast episode. But when you can fully surrender and face your shadow, your shadow self is your fear. Your shadow self is all the ugly parts of you you don't like. When you can face that in childbirth, you are truly rebirthed. And this is an energetic birth. This is all so much deeper than society could even fathom. But this is this is like a topic that I'm so passionate about and I love. And if you like this episode and and you resonate with me, it's okay if you don't. <laughs> a, a lot of this information is actually triggering to people who are very rooted in fear or they could be rooted in the saviorism, saviorism that their baby was saved by doctors. So then they get trauma bonded to the system and they get trauma bonded to the doctor, which is a whole other episode. It's a whole other conversation. But if you did resonate with this, I highly suggest Free Birth Society podcast because it is like awake, aware women that are doing the inner work. They are facing their shadow. They are facing their fear and they are leaning into trust. They are women that I look up to. They are women that I, are, that I am inspired by. They are paving the path and I hope to one day be that woman I feel like I am in the preparatory phase in my life where I am preparing for that initiation and I am so excited by the initiation, but I know it will probably be the hardest initiation. The initiation from maiden to mother is not easy, but it was not meant to be easy. I am going to leave with a thought I love about the divine feminine. That childbirth is the way of the divine feminine. And she asks, how deeply do you trust me? How deeply can you trust me? 